Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. system is certainly a great saving in space and is much neater in design. Whilst I prefer the Ulan principle of valve conjuncting with weight, but it would be interesting to know whether the British have much trouble with the depth-keeping of their torpedo. I have written quite a disquisition on depth-gears. I must get on with my record of events. After lunch we had a good look around, but the small airship was still hanging about, flying slowly in large circles. We were rather surprised to meet one of these despicable little sausages, or zeppelin spawn as the navigator calls them, so far from land, and at dark we surfaced and proceeded on one engine on an easterly course, charging the battery right up with the other engine. Dawn revealed a blank horizon, not a vestige of mast, funnel, or smoke in sight. We ambled along in fine though cold weather, and I took advantage of the peacefulness of everything to do a really good series of Muller on the upper deck, stripped to the waist, and allowed the keen air to play its invigorating currents on my torso. Alton silently watched me from the conning tower, with a sneering expression on his face. The navigator, who is quite a decent youngster, though of no family, was, I could plainly see, struck by my development and asked to be initiated into the series of exercises. I agreed willingly enough to show them to him. I will confess I wish Zoe could have seen me as I perspired with healthy exercise. At about eleven a.m. a couple of masts, then two more, then another, appeared above the horizon. The visibility was extreme, so we at once dived and proceeded at full speed, ten meters. We had been going thus for perhaps half an hour when Alton remarked that he would have another look at the convoy. We eased speed, came up to six meters, and Alton proceeded up into the conning tower to use a periscope. He had hardly applied his eye to the lens when he sharply ordered the boat to ten meters, accompanying this order with another to the motor room demanding utmost speed. Auserstkraft. I went up to the conning tower and found him white with excitement. "'Look!' he exclaimed, pointing to the periscope, entirely forgetful of the fact that we were at ten meters. I looked, and of course saw nothing. Furious at the trick I considered he had played on me, I turned on him, to be disarmed by his apology. "'Sorry, I forgot. The whole British battlecruiser force is there.' It was now my turn to be excited, and I rushed down to the motor-room, determined to give her every amp she would take. The port-foremost motor was sparking like the devil, rings of cursed sparks shooting round the commutator, but this was no time for ceremony. 
I relentlessly ordered the field current to be still further reduced. We were actually running with an FC of 3.75 amps. Footnote. The lower the field current, the faster the motor goes. 3.75 is almost incredibly low for a motor of this type, at least according to British practice. Signed, Etienne. End of footnote. For a period, when the sparking assumed the appearance of a ring of fire, and, fearing a commutator strip would melt, I ordered an F.C. of five amps. We thus passed a quarter of an hour full of strain, the tension of which was reflected in the attitude of all the men. Alton had announced his intention of using the stern torpedo tube after his failure in the morning, and the crew of this tube were crouched at their stations like a gun's crew in the last few seconds preparatory to opening fire. The switchboard attendants gripped the regulating rheostats as if by their personal efforts they could urge the boat on faster. Old Schmidt, at the helm, never lifted his eyes from the compass repeater. At length, slow both, bring her to six meters, came from the conning tower, to which place I proceeded to hear the news. Slowly the periscope was raised, and I held my breath. A groan came from Alton, and he turned away. For a fraction of a second I was almost pleased at his obvious pain. Then, sick with disappointment, I took his place. Yes, it was all over. There they were, and with hungry eyes and depressed heart I saw five great battle-cruisers, of which I recognized the Tiger with her three great funnels, the Princess Royal, Lion, and two others, zigzagging along at twenty-five knots, at a distance of twelve thousand meters, across our bow. They were surrounded by a numerous screen of destroyers and light cruisers, the former at that range through the periscope appearing as black smudges. It is not often one is permitted such a spectacle in modern war, and I could not tear myself away from the sight of those great brutes whom I had fought when in the Durflinger at Dogger Bank, and again when in the Koenig at Jutland. So near, and yet so far and as they rapidly drew away so did all the visions of an iron cross. As soon as they were out of sight, we surfaced in order to report what we had seen to Zeebrugge and Heligoland. Everything seemed against us. I had gone on the bridge with the navigator. Alton, with a face as black as hell, had gone to the wardroom. About ten minutes elapsed when I heard a fearful altercation going on below. I stepped down to find the young wireless operator trembling in front of Alton, who was overwhelming him with a flood of abuse. As I reached the wardroom, Alton shook his fist in the man's face and bellowed, "'Make the damn thing work, I tell you!' "'Impossible, Captain. The main condenser—' the man began. Purple with rage, Alton seized a heavy pair of parallel rulers, and before I could check him, hurled them full in the operator's face. Bleeding copiously, the youth fell to the deck in a stunned condition. It was then, for the first time, that I noticed a half-empty bottle of spirits on the table, which colossal quantity he must have consumed in about a quarter of an hour. Turning to me, this semi-madman pointed to the wireless operator with his foot and growled, "'Have him removed!' This I did, and then, lowering the periscope, I ordered the boat to fifteen meters. We proceeded at this depth until 8 p.m., when I was informed that the captain was in his bunk and wished to see me. I discovered him with his face to the ship's side, 
and upon my reporting myself he ordered me, firstly to throw that blasted bottle overboard, an unnecessary proceeding as it was empty, and secondly to surface and shape course for Zeebrugge. At midnight he relieved me, apparently perfectly normal. The wireless operator has been laid up all day, and has a nasty cut on the head. The navigator, a great scandal-monger, has heard from the engineer that Alton was speaking to him alone this morning, and the engineer believes that Alton has given him five hundred marks to say he fell down a hatch. Hooray! Blankenberg buoy has just been reported in sight. Soon I shall see my Zoe. New Entry With what high hopes did I write the last few lines a few hours ago, and how they were dashed to the ground, for on going into the mess at Bruges I found amongst my letters a note from her, which was terrible in its brevity. She simply said, Dear Carl, I am going away for some days, and as I shall be travelling it is no good giving you an address. To our next meeting. Zoe. How horribly vague! not an indication of her destination, her object, or the probable length of her absence. Of course I rushed round to the flat, but found the place shut up. The porter told me she had gone away with her maid. He couldn't say when she'd be back, if at all. I gave him ten marks, and he said she might be away a fortnight. If I'd given him twenty, he'd have said a week. He obviously didn't know. I feel I could do anything to-night, any mad, evil thing would appeal to me. There is a most fearful uproar coming from the guest-room, where a large and rowdy party are entertaining the chorus of a travelling review company. I saw them when they arrived, horribly common-looking women, with legs like mine-tubes. New Entry Another day, and still no news. I don't know how I shall stick it. She might have had the softness of heart to write to me. She knows my address. This evening a letter from the little mother, who asks whether I can find time to go to Frankfurt when I have leave. At the end of the letter she mentions that Rosa has joined the Women's Voluntary Auxiliary Corps of Army Nurses. I suppose she thought she'd like her photograph taken in some fancy uniform as Rosa Freinland, one of our Frankfurt beauties, now on war work. Holding the patient's hand is about the only work she intends doing. Women as a class are the same the world over. We are well supplied with English papers in the mess here. They come regularly from Amsterdam, and in their pages I see, just as in ours, pictures of the Countess this and the Lord that, photographed in becoming attitudes doing war work. It seems agricultural pursuits are the fashion in England at present. Wait till our U-boat war gets its knife well into their fat guts. It will be more than fashionable to work in the fields then. The British Empire is undeniably a great creation, or rather not so much a creation as a thing arrived at accidentally, but it lacks solidarity. It sprawls, a confused mass of races and creeds, around the world. Its very immensity lays it open to attack. It has a dozen Achilles' heels from Ireland to Egypt and South Africa to India. I met a man only yesterday who was recently at the propaganda department of the Foreign Office, and without going into details he gave me a very good idea of the good work that is going on in Britain's canker-spots. Ireland is considered particularly promising to those in the know. 
now for an agitated night. To think that a girl should disturb me so. End of section. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.